Hey, Jay Calloway here, pastor of The Gate, and I want to welcome you to the Crowd Decor Weekly Podcast, where you can learn to walk in faith, favor, and a future that is out of this world. Our prayer for you today is that you will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name as you continue in this adventure from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Hope you enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. It is so good to have you with us today. And hey, listen, I've got a proclamation in my heart, and I've got to preach inside of my spirit. And I thought today we would just start right off with the believer's proclamation that we would be proclaiming who we are. So let's say it together like you mean it and you believe it. Today, I am a child of God. I have faith to move mountains, favor from the King of Kings, and a future that is out of this world. My foundation is the Word of God. My talk is sure. My talk is confident. My attitude is like Christ. Today I will hear the Word of God. Today I will do the will of God. Today I will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you believe it? Praise God. Turn to somebody next to you, give them a high five, say, I believe it for you too. Amen. Well, we may have changed it up a little bit, but I just really had something inside of me that says, let's just get out there and proclaim right off the bat today. So as we've been talking over the last few weeks about any given Sunday, in other words, the idea that you can win on any given day, no matter who, what you're facing, no matter how big giant you are, or you can be feeling like you're all that and you're the giant in the room and can get taken out any given time. It's the idea that no matter how good the team is or how bad the team is, the team can win or lose at any given time. And I think that's important for each one of us. And the, the idea that we've been using over there is Proverbs, the fourth chapter, or the fourth Proverbs, verse 23 through 26. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. In other words, we need to realize that just as God told Cain in Genesis, don't you understand that sin, the enemy, is crouching at the door? Just like it says in Paul, says there that every time I want to do good, evil is present. Meaning that at any given time, if we let our guard down, we can be taken out no matter how strong we are. But at the same time, at any given time, depending no matter how weak we are, we can take out the enemy. Because greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. And that's what we've been talking about. Well, listen, if I haven't got a chance to meet you, my name's Jay. My wife, Vicki, and I, we lead this amazing church called The Gate. We're based in Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland area. But in reality, we're all over. And we have campuses and we have hubs all over the place and, and all over the region. And we just want to welcome you in. We consider it an amazing honor for you to be part of the gate. You know, as we call ourselves the gate, and that basically stands for that we are a guard. We bring in the atmosphere. We do everything in teams. And we want to be an entrance into the kingdom of heaven. And that's what we're completely about in every area. And we want you to know that, that our vision is to take a person from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And the way that we do that is we do that by linking arms. We do that by coming together and guarding our heart together and guarding each other's heart. And we want to just, as we, as we close out this, this sermon series and get ready to go into the next one, can, and I, can I just say that our next sermon series, I'm so excited about it, it's going to be entitled Open. 
And it's talking about some of the secrets and the principles of opening the windows of heaven, to open up the floor of heaven, that, the, the, that his word would come down, his blessings would come down, and, and, and all of that. And, and what do those components work with, and how does that happen? And we're so excited about that. But before I get too far and start preaching that message, I want us to, I want to focus in and close out this whole idea. You see, we've talked about it being a game of inches. We've talked about it being a game of teams. We've talked about this idea of any given Sunday or any given day being able to be beaten. We talk about it being a game, this game of life, that, that it's a game of rules and regulations, but it's also a game of gladiators. And, I, and when I think about that and I, and I hear that, I think of our modern day times where we're seeing some of the principles of what was happening when Paul wrote the word of God and he, when he was writing and Peter and James and, and, and those that, that were part of the authors of the, of the scripture. And they were involved in those areas of that. And, and the, the idea that they have this that we were moving, we were building a precept upon precept and line upon line in this game of inches and in the game of team that we come together. But there was this other area that I think is so strong that we need to realize and that it was a game of gladiators, people that were going to be on the field, There was a, that there was this battle or this war that is being fought. The Bible says that we, are, that we are in a mighty war, that there is a battle in the heavenlies. He says there, the word of God says there, that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. In fact, when somebody offends you and, and, and comes in, they're, they're not the enemy. When you, when you are sitting there with your spouse, and sometimes it, you may get into a, a debate or an argument or things like that. I don't know about you, but I've been in, a, in an argument with my wife in, a, in kind of a fight, and we're going back at it. And before long, we're trying to figure out what even started or what are we fighting about. We have to constantly remind ourselves that this is not, that, that she, I have to constantly remind me, myself that Vicki, my wife, is not the enemy, and she has to do the same. That those that are around us, they're not the enemy. For the Bible is very clear on this, is that we wrestle against, we don't wrestle against flesh, flesh and blood, but we wrestle against the forces and the powers and the principalities in, earth, uh, in heaven and in, in different areas. In fact, the Bible is very clear. The Bible says there that the, that the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, that he grows back and forth roaming to and fro. We see the picture of that in the book of Job when the accuser comes to God and says, hey, I, I want to go out there and, and find somebody. And, I, and he goes, have you considered Job? God says, have you considered Job? That he was, he was great. And, and the Bible is really clear. The enemy says, the only reason why he, you ser he serves you is because you've blessed him. And the only reason why he, he serves you is because he, you have, you have uh, prospered him. In other words, he's convinced, the enemy's convinced that the only reason why we will serve God sometimes is because he does good things for us or our life is going well. And this morning I want to tell you a story about this idea of a gladiator. Now, in the New Testament times, in the, in the first, second, and third centuries of, 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 our, of, our, of our times to, we're in today, the, 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 when Jesus walked on the earth, and then just a you know, hundred to three hundred years later, after he, after he was uh, on the earth, 
there was this there were these games that we see and they were called the gladiator games or the 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 uh, in the Colosseum of Rome and they would have them all over and they were games of sport but it wasn't like a football game where everybody was in pads and they were fighting back and forth and and seeing who's going to score and everything else but it was like a fighting game and in these games it was for keeps there was only one winner and that was the one who was alive at the end of the day that they were in there and these gladiators, some of them were enslaved people. Some of them were, were imprisoned people. Some of them did it for pay and they became very famous. It would be much like our, our, uh, our uh, sports of the day. Whether it would be the famous uh, quarterbacks of a football team or the famous uh, boxing champions, the, the, w, the WWE, uh, wherever it is. But these were all things that had rules and regulations to them that would save a person's life. They might get a bruised up. But in those days, in the gladiator days, it was for keeps. That they would literally be there to kill that person. That the battle was against flesh and blood, literally. That there was like a war, but it was a war of sport. And can I tell you that a lot of times in our lives, we are finding ourselves in battles. We're finding ourselves that this is a game of gladiators. That there is this idea that, that there's somebody or something that's going to come after us that is going to take out our lives. In reality, it says there that the Bible is that for the wages of sin is death. That there is a finality to this life. That we, the Bible is very clear as well that it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. But there is that moment in time for us to understand that just as the gladiators were, had the courage and the, and, and the strength to stand in the Colosseum, to stand for, for, what, for the team that they were on, even to the point of death, there were also gladiators that were willing to die for the cause of Christ. There was a man many years ago, and I want to tell you a story that I feel really shares the, um, the, the strength of who we are in Christ. His name was Telemachus. He lived in the fourth century and was a monk in a monastery. And during, the, during that time, he sensed God telling him that he should go to Rome. And so leaving that cloistered section and that, that, that protected place of the monk of the monastery, he packs all of his belongings up and makes the trek to Rome. When he gets to Rome, he finds himself among a throng of people all over and they were, they were pushing and shoving and, and the place was packed full of people. And in the middle of that street, he begins to look and says, why is everybody, what, what's, what's all the ruckus going on about? And they said, well, there's gladiators in the Colosseum and they're fighting. And he thought to himself, 400 years since Jesus died and we're still killing ourselves for entertainment. In the middle of that, he rushes to that being led by the spirit. This is a true story. It was entitled The Last Gladiator. And all of a sudden, he finds himself in the, the Colosseum. And as he was in that Colosseum, he sits back there and he hears them saying, We die for Caesar, all for Caesar. And something came over him so incredibly strong that he jumped up and he ran right through into the middle of the gladiator's battle. 
two gladiators stand there and he says to them, stop in the name of Christ. Do not, do not kill each other in the name of Christ. And he kept saying, in the name of Christ, put down your swords. In the name of Christ, take, put down your rage. In the name of Christ, put down your bloodthirst. And immediately the two warriors, the two gladiators that were there, they won, he, they almost became on, the, on each other's side against the monk Telemachus. And as he did that, the one gladiator cooked and just shoved it, the butt of his, uh, of his sword into his chest. And the other one kicked him when he came down and he fell to the ground. And the moment that he did that, they, uh, the gladiators went go, uh, just kind of raised their hands and the throng of some 80,000 people watching this begin to scream out and yell and chant and roar with excitement seeing this man fall to the ground. Now, I don't know about you, but at that point, I'm not sure how much I would have had the stomach or the, the, the strength to get back up, but Telemachus did. He was driven again by the Spirit of God to stand up. And as he stood up, he, he, he came back into the middle of them again. And he said, he said to them, don't, in the name of Christ, stop. In the name of Christ, don't do this. In the name of Christ, don't commit murder, he was saying. In the name of Christ, put down your blood rage. In the name of Christ, quit, put down your passions and your appetites, basically is what he was meaning. And in that moment, one of the gladiators took his sword and plunged it right into the heart of Telemachus. The other gladiator came up behind him and put it into his side. And they both pulled him out. And as he did, Telemachus fell, laid down or fell to the ground. The blood was stained with his, with, or the, the sand was stained with his blood. And as the red began to, to, to soak in, to the sand, the entire place went silent. One by one, two by two, ten by ten, a hundred by a hundred, each person in that crowd of 80,000 left without a sound. The historians tell us that it was like so silent, no one spoke, and they just left. And that was the last time Rome ever experienced a game of gladiators again. The question I have for each one of us that day is, who was the gladiator that day? Was it the two men that were being cheered as the, as the heroes of the day? Was it the, was it the crowd that was cheering on bloodthirsty to see someone be destroyed? Was it the emperor that was so in, enthralled with the money and the prosperity of Rome that was coming in due to these games or... Could the last gladiator have been Telemachus? Because he was completely convinced that there was something that was accomplished 400 years ago in his day. Could it have been that he was something that he was, he was so completely convinced and he was completely, he completely believed without anything that it caused his behavior to go to, against something that was saving his own life? He believed so strongly that Jesus Christ was the Son of the living God. He believed so strongly that, his, that what Christ accomplished on the cross. You see, there was a term that Jesus used on the cross. 
And it was, said, it was called Testelestai. And it meant it is finished or it is complete. Can I tell you that Telemachus understood one thing. Is that Jesus was the author and the finisher of his faith. That Jesus was the, was the Alpha and the Omega of all things. That he was there in the beginning and he, was there and he will be there at the end. That there is no beginning and there is no end to Christ. For he is, he is the omnipotent, he is the omniscient, he is the all-knowing, he is the all-powerful, he is the omnipresent. That he is infinite. There is no beginning or ending to him. Whenever somebody says, when did God begin? He didn't. He's just always been. There is no beginning to him. Telemachus was able to stand in the Colosseum of Rome and stand between, in, in the, between two great gladiators to stand strong and to stand pure because his heart was guarded by the fact that there was something accomplished by a man by the name of Jesus Christ. That that day when he laid his life down for all and his blood was spilled and his blood was put out, the, the, the spear was run through his side. His heart burst and the water and the blood as the, as the as scholars or as the writers of the scripture tell us flowed, that it flowed down onto the ground. And just like Telemachus laid his life down, Jesus laid his life down for all of us. That that he could be he could be he could say at the end of the day it is finished it is completed it is finished for yesterday it is finished for day and it is finished for tomorrow. You see, the Bible is very clear. The Telemachus understood something that we need to understand. That there is a life that we can live as a gladiator. We can live as one that's going to get on the field. And that we're going to put on the helmet of salvation. And we're going to put on the breastplate of righteousness. And we're going to, put on, we're going to hold the shield of faith. And we're going to put on the belt of truth. And we're going to wield the sword of the Spirit. And we're going to be able to do that in the battlefield, in the coliseum of this world. And even if they come in and they come to, to take us out and maybe knock us down, down, we're still going to have the ability to stand up and say, in the name of Christ, stop. In the name of Jesus, do not do this. In the name of Christ, do not destroy your kids. In the name of Christ, do not cheat on your wife. In the name of Christ, do not do what the gladiators of the world do. And they'd fight with the, with the way that they do. You see, because the word of God says that we do not fight the way the world fights. For our weapons are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. You see, the word of God is very clear that it says in one hand, we are fit, we have praise. In the other hand, we have worship that our fingers are, are trained for battle and our hands are trained for war. You see, the idea that there is a fight going on is getting is ratcheting up. And if there's anything that I have a word for the Lord for you today is that the battle ensues. And we can't look at this as just a game of entertainment. We can't look at this as just a game that, that has an ending and will show up next year. I can't tell many times that I heard somebody that was of the Cubs that, that, that as they were waiting for year after year after year after year and some hundred years later, would they finally win a, a, a World Series? And I can remember when they would say it, well, maybe there's next year. Well, there's always going to be next year. As a Cowboys fan, I'm, I've been saying for the last 20 some years, well, hey, we got next year. Yeah, we got next year. 
But this is not a game that there's going to be a next year. This isn't a game that we just get defeated today and we will go, oh, maybe, you know, better luck next time. Better luck next year. No, this is a battle that is for eternity. This is a battle that is for the ages. The Bible is very clear on that, that we don't, or that when we fight, we don't fight the way the world fights. We don't fight with um, innuendos and, and we don't fight with, with, with uh, uh, lies and stealing and cheating and all of these things. We fight with the ideas of worship. We fight with the idea of prayer. We fight with the idea of understanding the word of God. We fight with the, being able to rightly divide the word of truth. You see... In all of these things, we are told that we're going to be dressed like a gladiator. We're going to have a weapon of a sword. We're going to have that helmet of salvation that brings about that peace of our mind. We're going to have that breastplate of righteousness. Remember that guard of the heart, which is that righteousness. Because, we, because something has been accomplished. Can I tell you, the Bible is very clear about this, that he is the one that began a good work for you and in you, and he is faithful to complete it. We don't have to complete it. He completes it. We just continue to follow what he said. We don't have to try to research and make sure that the business plan is all good for what he wants us to do. We don't have to go and deal with all of these things. Basically, he guides us and directs us and puts us on a path. And we just go for it because we're dressed. We've got the shoes or the, the, the shoes that are, that are put in place for the preparation of the gospel. In other words, he's given us a transportation mechanism that is the good news, the gospel. He's given us a protection mechanism of our righteousness, of the way that we're going to live. He's given us a sword that we can wield that can be for, for the offensive to push back the enemy. And it's a sword of the Spirit. He's given us a belt of truth that connects everything together. You see, that belt of truth is the Word of God. And it, puts, it gives us every single thing that we need. It connects the, the breastplate. It connects the shoes. It was where the belt, the sword of the spirit hangs. It is where you can, you hang your, your helmet uh, with on that belt and we, everything is connected to the word of God. But there's something else that, that uh, Telemachus understood. It's not only that did God accomplish something, but he also said, I want you to be perfect. I want you to be holy and I want you to be complete. There's a passage of scripture that for many years I just didn't completely understand where it says, be holy for I am holy. This is this, is this idea that how, how can I be holy like Christ is holy? Isn't he? he he's perfect. And the, another translation was, be perfect for I am perfect. But I don't know about you, but even today I've done some things that, that has proved I'm not perfect. I remember one, one uh, quote of somebody says, um, instead of opening your mouth and proving you're not smart, how about you keep it closed and let them wonder? And I tell you, there's many times where I've opened my mouth and, and proved that I'm not as smart as people might think I am. There's been times where I've done actions that are not right. How can I even me? How can I even begin to say that I am perfect? How can I even begin to say that I am holy? But a further study of that word literally says this, is that be complete, or it is a military term for finishing 
the finishing the basic training. It's like the SEAL team that goes in and there are, 12, there are six or 12 weeks of, of, of training that they go through. And when they make it past it and they now become a SEAL, it is, that, it is that same word, be perfect, be holy, be complete, is that I've completed the training. In other words, don't give up in the middle of it. Don't quit in the middle of it. Telemachus understood that, that, was, that when he got hit, he had already gone through many hits in his life so he could stand up and say, in the name of Christ, stop. In the name of Christ, don't do this. He was the last gladiator on that field, even though he was not the last one standing. There was something else, though, about him, is that he also stood for what he believed. That dictated his behavior. He believed so much in the word of the Lord. He believed so much in that word that he literally moved from where he was at. He was cloistered into a monastery, not affecting anything else, not being a different make a difference maker in anywhere else. He was put back into a place where he would pray, yes. He would read the word, yes. He would do all of these things. But at one point, the Spirit of God says, I need you out there in the Colosseum. I need you out there on the battlefield. Could it be that today God is asking you to believe in him so much that it would change your behavior, that it would change you from hiding out into a place that was, that was safe and a place that was, that was familiar? Oh, can I tell you, over the last two years, I have been called into a place that's not familiar, a place where there's been battles, a place where there's been danger and it's been places where it seems like that we're not going to survive and yet can I tell you I believe in the word of the Lord so much that we've gathered together and we call on him and he keeps calling us he keeps calling us I want you to go out to where the people are at I want you to make sure that you go and make a difference what good is the word of God if it's going to just stay right here inside of me what good is it going to be if I'm just going to stay cloistered in a place of protection? You see, the true, the true believer, his belief is so strong, it changes or dictates his behavior. Now, Telemachus was no, was, was no match for the brute gladiators that were in that field. He wasn't dressed like them. He didn't have the shield of faith, or he didn't have the shield or the breastplate. He didn't have the helmet. He didn't have the weapons to even try to fight back. But it didn't matter because his belief dictated his behavior that ultimately dictated his proclamation. He kept saying in the name of Christ. He kept thinking 400 years later and we're still killing ourselves for entertainment. Can I tell you, it's almost as if we could say 2,000 years later, 2,000 plus years later, we're still killing ourselves for entertainment. We're still killing ourselves for our own comfort in abortion. We're still killing ourselves because we don't want to go through it in euthanasia. We're still killing ourselves because we can't handle what's coming up in the next day or the next time. We're still committing suicide because we can't face what God, what, what the enemy's coming against us because we do not truly believe what the word of God says, that he is the one that has formed us in our mother's womb. He is the one that's the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the one. He is the one. In the name of Christ, stop killing yourselves. What God wants us to understand is that we need to be 
the gladiators standing up in the middle of this world of people that have lost hope, the people that have lost their way, and people that have lost what, what, what their faith as a child has been. And maybe we, they have lost their way because they've never heard that there is someone there that loves them so much. You see, what ultimately it comes down to is that Telemachus was not willing to stand for his own comfort, but he was stand, willing to stand for the conviction of Jesus Christ. You see, too many times we step back and we're, we're willing to stand as long as it doesn't, affect, doesn't you know, compromise our comfort level, compromise our job, compromise our family, compromise our finances, compromise our, 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 our reputation, compromise our, our, our way of living. Oh, can I just tell you, my friend, we're living in a day and age that standing up for Christ could be the very thing that will cause you to lose your job or cause you to... To, to lose uh, friends or cause you to lose your reputation, cause you to lose it. But understand, Jesus said this, don't worry if they hate you in this world, for they hated me first. They put him on a cross, and it was the religious ones that did it. It may have been by the, the nails and the hammer and the instruments of the Roman Empire, but it was the ones who didn't want to challenge their comfort level, didn't want to challenge or compromise their ways of doing things. They didn't want to compromise their reputation, so they put Christ on a cross. But he willingly let them do it so that you and I could stand for today and say, you know what, I'm going to not, I'm going to compromise my comfort. I'm going to allow my reputation to go into the tank. I'm going to allow my, my, my fortunes. I'm going to be willing to let those all die for the one thing in the name of Christ. In the name of Christ. In the name of Christ. Because if we don't say it, who else is going to? For the word of God says this, if you don't go and preach, who is? And if they're not going to listen, who will? Because God is calling us to go into the Colosseum of this world and look at the gladiators of the day that are trying to destroy all of our family and our friends and say, in the name of Christ, stop doing what you're doing, even if it causes us to lose everything we've got. Oh, can I tell you today, I know that I risk preaching this message, that it may not make us feel good. It may not be the kind of message that you're like, oh, that inspires me to go out because I don't want to lose my prosperity. But can I tell you, I pray it inspires the spirit that is within you, that inspires that spirit to raise up. But you might say, Jay, I don't have that spirit inside of me. I don't have that Christ inside of me. I can't say in the name of Christ because I've been fighting against him in my life. I can't say in the name of Christ because I've been an enemy of his, or at least I've been sitting back. And today, I want you to know that God is calling you to turn your life over to him. And yes, it may, pay, it may cost, cost you it might cost you relationships and it might cost you, it might cost you reputation and you may have to change things. But guess what? That's why we're here. We'll walk with you. We'll befriend you. We'll connect with you. We'll walk together because we are walking in conviction and we're not willing, we're not willing to compromise our convictions. 
for our comfort. But we are willing to lay aside our comfort for our convictions. Just like Telemachus, in the name of Christ. And when you do that, it will silence the crowds and they will walk out. And there could be a day in your life that there will never be another gladiator game of people trying to destroy each other simply because you stood up in the middle of your family crowd, in the middle of your corporate crowd, in the middle of your, your, your neighborhood crowd, in the middle of it and simply said, in the name of Christ, stop. He loves you so much. So today, if you're willing, you say, that's me, that's me. Just say, in the name of Christ, in the name of Christ, in the name of Christ. Put that in there. Put that in the chat box there. Whichever platform you're on, just say, in the name of Christ, in the name of Christ. And we'll know you're wanting to accept him as your personal savior. But in that, I invite each one of you to say this with me and just to proclaim it with me today. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords that you accomplished all that needed to be accomplished for my salvation. And today, I declare, I proclaim, I believe, and I confess that you are the Son of the living God, that God raised you from the dead. And today, I ask that you come into my life. Be my Lord, be my leader, be my Savior, and I will walk with you, and I will proclaim who you are to all around. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer, we believe with all of our hearts that God just came down and you just became a gladiator for him. You became a child of the Most High God. We call that being born again. We've got to be getting saved is what we call it. But we want to walk with you in that. And we've got so many things that we want to be able to pour into you. But before we do that, and, and, and we'll give you all the information that you need and, and connect with us, and, and we'll connect through each other. But I'm going to invite you just to stretch your hand toward me. And as you do, I want to just bless you as we go forward. And when you're in your hubs, just connect with each other. And let's just bless each other today. But stretch your hand forward as, we, as I bless you. I bless you now. I bless you in your families, your finances, and your friendships. I bless you in your families that your marriages would be lighthouses in your neighborhood and in, your, in all of the, in your areas. I bless you now in your children that they would be blessed to the thousandth generation as you lead them and raise them up in the ways that they should go according to the word of God. I bless you in your finances that you'd have more than enough to pay your bills and pay them on time and that you would follow him and believe in biblical stewardship and be generous in all your ways. I bless you now in your friendships, that you'd be the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom, that you would uh, be an influencer in this world and not be influenced by it. I bless you now. Now go in Jesus' name and be a blessing to all around you. Have a great, great day. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Crowd Decor podcast. We believe this message has inspired you, convicted and challenged and changed you in Jesus' name. And we invite you to partner with us as we reach out and continue to reach out with the message of moving from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ to all of those around you and around the world. And we ask that you visit thegateonline.net slash giving to be a part of this incredible outreach to reaching those for Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. 
and may you have a great, great day.